Having Sage approved audio for our car rides is a literal lifesaver for my nervous system and I love making lists of podcasts to share with him when he's ready. I was so excited to hear about a new show called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, math, geared toward the six plus crowd. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time traveling adventures. Recently, we had some family visiting, and on our way to dinner, we popped on an episode of Mysteries About True Histories, Math, with my niece and nephew in the car. In this episode, Max and Molly travel back in time to solve a mystery from the order of the problem solvers, along with lots of kid humor mixed in. It was a fun way to enjoy our car ride together and opened the door for some interesting conversation about history and understanding some of the mysteries of the past. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for car rides and meal times, and stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 20. Guys, I can't believe we're at number 20. That's wild. I literally kind of started this podcast on a whim. A number of people had reached out and said, hey, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to hear on these different topics. So I just went with it. And I'm so, so grateful to all of you for tuning in and for continuing to give me content ideas and things that you want to hear. That's the whole point of this. The idea of the podcast is just to answer questions that you have. So if there are things that you're thinking about over there and you wish I could have a conversation with an expert or a fellow parent or just kind of dive into it a little bit more, please feel free to hop over onto Instagram and send me a message. Uh, my Instagram is steed, S-E-E-D dot and dot so, S-E-W. And just give me a message and I will go from there. We'll find someone. Awesome. So today is part two of the Finding the Child Care That is Right for You episode. Today, Lacey and I are diving into the questions to ask and things to really look for in order to like help you find a quality care center or a nanny that would be a good fit for you and your family or a good home daycare we have worked in many different centers and different spaces with different families. And so we've learned along the way, like some things that are key to look for that'll really highlight whether or not you're going to receive quality care. And in terms of a nanny, there can just be so many people to sort through and it's so much trust that we want to give you a little takeaway of, of some things to be mindful of as you're going through the process. There's also a free download over on the website, voicesofyourvillage.com. If you click on the blog post for this week, there's a free download there for you that outlines all of these things, uh, the questions to ask, the things to look for. So head on over to the website to grab that and let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass-Campbell. 
Welcome to Voices of Your Village. So I'm back for part two of the Choosing the Child Care That's Right for You series. I'm here with my colleague and friend, Lacey. Uh, we work together. If you have not listened to the episode before this, then stop what you're doing right now. Hit pause and go back. If you have listened to that in this episode, we are just going to pick right back up and go into uh, questions. So questions that you can ask child care centers, nannies, home daycare centers, and things to look for, things to be mindful of, sweet things and red flags. All right. Lace, are you ready? So ready. Great. So I think, you know, there, there are a number of regulations that we said vary state to state, but one huge question in childcare and in home daycare, what are your classroom ratios? Yep. You want to give a sample of like what that looks like in mass for regulation perspective? Sure. <clears throat> so for, uh, in Massachusetts, our regulations for ratios is in infants, uh, we require one teacher for every three infants, two teachers for every seven, and the max uh, that can be in a classroom is seven. For toddlers, it's four children with one teacher, uh, two teachers to nine children. The max class size is nine. And um, then for preschool, it is one to 10 or two to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and 20 is the max there i believe yeah i think so too the other thing to note is that it is a possibility that people will have um like 14 kids in a classroom because you can do a mixed age room Mm -hmm. with toddlers and preschoolers but um you don't really need to know that as well that those are the other three are the more important totally and that's like top of the ratio so from the teacher perspective like if i have two teachers to seven infants yeah it's that's tough. That is insane. Yeah. I just can't provide quality care with that. Right. I right. keep your kids alive for sure. Right. I just can't provide quality care with that. That's so minimum. Yeah. Ratios is huge to know. Yeah. I'm super fortunate right now. I'm at this school that has amazing ratios, but like my infant room was four teachers to seven kids. Right. It's crazy. Crazy cool. Yeah. Sometimes five, sometimes even six. That's unheard of. It's wild. It's unheard of. Um, But I will say, like, I found that I need at least three teachers in an infant room. Yes. Um, That's one teacher to two kids plus an extra kid. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, uh, it's definitely not a walk in the park with three teachers. So uh, just kind of give perspective there on infants. And toddlers, right now I have nine toddlers. And I find that, like, definitely need three teachers still. Four is our happy medium. Yeah. Because... With four teachers, we can also split into two groups. Right. So I can do small group things. Um, and preschool, when I taught preschool, hmm, I was in New York and I think we had maybe 16 or 18 kids in a class. Um, and the two of us could do, the, we could run the classroom. I had an amazing co-teacher. Uh, but largely we had three teachers. Mm-hmm. And again, so I guess three is the magic number. Yeah. That you f- I feel like I really need three and four is just beautiful. Yeah. 
And I will say, like, uh, some of the centers that I've worked at, when they have, like, if they do a preschool and a pre-K, sometimes people or schools will have, like, 15 kids in a preschool classroom and then 20 in the pre-K. Right. The ratio is the same. For preschool Mm -hmm. and pre-K, it's all one. But um, I think that some places do recognize that as the kids get a little bit older, it is somewhat easier. Three-year-olds are freaking hard. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I've seen seen that before. Absolutely less. No, that's that's a good point. But I think that's the biggest question I would be looking at. Yes. Or the biggest Mm -hmm. factor, I guess. Totally. Totally. It's a dead giveaway. Yeah. If you're doing the two to seven, for me, it's just like... Woof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you kind of know, like, your teachers will be burnt out. Totally. That's going to lead to higher turnover. And... Your kid's just not going to get anyone right. exactly. to want. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, I guess another big one is, what are the qualifications that the teachers have? Yes. Right? Like, in Massachusetts, we're the only state in the nation, I think, we were, I think we still are, that has a Department of Early Education. Most uh, early childhood regulations are thrown into, like, the Department of Health. Right, that's right. Um, And we have a Department of Early Education. And with that, we then have a teacher certification. Yeah. Now, like, to be alone with the kids, you got to be teacher certified. Yep. Um, But I think what happens often here, what I've seen in Massachusetts is that you'll get the teacher certification, which honestly, not that hard to get. Right. It's no, like it's... one child growth and development class and maybe something else in some hours. Yeah. I mean, it does depend on what you have for schooling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you have an associate's degree, I think you need like 18 months of experience. Okay. If you have a bachelor's, it's... Nine, I think. Nine. Yep. If you have a master's, it's like... Six, six or three maybe making like these that. up yeah yeah the uh, master's <laughs> one. Don't, don't quote us, but. uh yeah truth so but again yeah. you need less and less um but it doesn't have to be a master's or a bachelor's in the field nope it has to be in a related field oh okay yeah. okay cool so like my i have my bachelor's in psychology yeah and that counts oh remarkably related yeah for infant toddler i'd actually rather have somebody with a degree in psych than early childhood yeah. oftentimes oh yeah most early childhood programs focus on pre-K through second. Very, very focused on the, yeah. the teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. Right, when they start learning. Yes. When they're three. That yeah. time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would want to know, like, what are... Because I, I think th- what happens here in Mass sometimes is that we'll see schools that are like, well, everyone's EEC certified, so they have this teacher certification, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have a degree in early childhood. No. No, definitely not. Um, or psych or related field, right. human development. So that's something to note. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also want to know the average timeline for teacher retention. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably get the like, oh, you know, Sarah's been here for 10 years. Yes. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. But like, okay, how long have the other teachers in that classroom been there? Let's right. average this out. Yeah. Um. And kind of figure out what you're working with there. Just that you, you might not find a school that doesn't have turnover. It's hard to find. Yeah. But just for to set your expectations. If you find a school that doesn't have turnover, like, give me a call. Tell me. <laughs> I want to meet them. Yeah. Can I go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. Cool. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I uh, on that note, I'd want to know like what 
if you can find out the average salary of the teacher, you know what? When I was giving a tour once as a director, I did have somebody ask me, what's the average pay for teachers and are they salaried or hourly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did have someone. I respect that question. Salary question, yeah. Um, I think it says a lot. Yes. I mean, if your teachers are making $13 an hour, they're, they're going to you're going to get that quality versus... And so I'm speaking for like in the Boston area right yeah. now, like $13 an hour back home for me would buy me a house, right? But like right. here, can't, <laughs> can't really afford live to live. That. So um, yeah, but if they're making 17 to 20, 21, 22, 23, I mean, mm-hmm. we, depending on the school you're at, uh, it's a different ballgame. Yeah. Um, you know what else I had somebody ask me once in a tour that I really liked? They asked... Um, if teachers got paid for days they weren't there, so they wanted to know about teacher PTO. Mm-hmm. And they also even asked about like snow days. Yeah. Um, which I, I've worked at schools where we didn't get paid for snow days. It's wild, right? It is crazy. Yeah. But, uh, and so you didn't want a snow day. Right. Because you not get paid. Yeah. It's nice. crazy. But yeah, so so that's, I guess, just like kind of knowing what what's your teacher's life yeah. like? Because it's... It's going to feed into the care you're going to get. Yeah. Right? So I also had teachers ask about, or parents ask about planning time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that you know what you're going to get there in terms of daily communication. I think it can also give you good perspective as a parent of like, if you are emailing or calling throughout the day, like knowing, all right, is this teacher out of the classroom or every time I email or call, do they have to step out to respond? Like right. just that perspective. Yeah, totally. I do wonder if um, if you could ask about pay range. Mm. I don't know. Totally. Honestly, but I don't see why not. Like, you know, so also quickly going back to like the certifications, there's different levels mm-hmm. of certification and usually people are paid depending on what level mm-hmm. of certification they have. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could kind of ask like, okay, who's certified as what and what are the ranges for your center? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at my yeah. school, all of our head teachers right uh, right now have a master's. Right. Um, and the teaching fellows have to have a bachelor's, mm-hmm. but the fellowship makes, the fellows make a lot less than, right. than, than we do. Um, yeah, but I guess, yeah, so the average wouldn't give you as much of a clear picture as the range would. Right, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah cool. Um... And if you want to find out, I think just like knowing about the teachers really highlights what their day is going to be. So even questions like how many hours a day are they working? How many yeah. hours a day are they in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know if I'm in the classroom more than six hours, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and those days that like we're not getting any planning or breaks or whatever and I'm in the classroom eight hours, like can I do it? Of course. Yeah. I'm just right. tired. <laughs> it's, really um, it's exhausting. Uh, and come like hour seven to eight, I'm probably not the best teacher, not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> my patience is wearing thin. Um, so you're going to want to know like logistics for your kid. What's the calendar, the school calendar? Yep. So childcare centers, especially I feel like unlike other options, can have a different summer program. Yes. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think most schools... Um, approach like time off or days off I should say very very differently yeah and like you said some places will have a completely different summer program you have to apply separately for the Mm. summer program whatever 
Um, and some are just year round, nothing changes right. in terms of hours and the cur- curriculum and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, the calendar in general, some places have like weeks off here and there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like sometimes with, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a very high end. Oh yeah. I don't know. Right, right, right. The right word. Fantasy childcare. Yeah. That they may take more vacation time. Totally. Well, you're in demand, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Really so if you're gonna, if you're gonna, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna provide quality care, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a balance, right? To to keep these teachers, mm-hmm. that's like a teacher perk. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, and that's important. Right. But and you need to know going into it, like, totally. I have three weeks this year that I have to find other care for my child. And I'm gonna have to pay for that, factoring that in, yes. all that jazz. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would want to know what's the daily parent communication. Yes. I think that's um, huge. Yeah, some places do, like, you have to have, for centers, you have to have daily communication per the EEC. Well, I guess, again, Massachusetts, you have to have daily communication. Yeah. It can be, like, written on a piece of paper. It could be on a whiteboard. Right. It doesn't have to be something that goes home. Mm-hmm. But you have to have daily communication about, like, the kids' basic needs being met. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and, again, I use an app mm-hmm. uh, in our classroom and, and with families um privately as nanny and stuff too but uh i would want to know that yeah it's huge yeah i think that's really really big i mean knowing how accessible are your teachers to talk about Mm -hmm. something that's on your mind you Mm -hmm. know um or just at the end of the day to hear um what the kids did throughout the day totally Um, so like i send a daily email every day right right that has like pictures Every kid is featured in a picture. It might not be like a solo shot of every kid. It might have group shots, whatever. But every kid's featured in a picture, and it gives you a snapshot into our morning. Yeah. Here's what we did. We try to highlight things they were working on, whether it was certain language development skills or fine motor or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just to give you a snapshot into our day and, and to give you ideas of like what we're seeing at school. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that the daily communication stuff, especially that point, like I know when I was a teacher in the classroom, every time that a child got picked up every day I always knew something that something that stood out about their day it wasn't that I had to tell every single second Mm -hmm. of the day but something that they did that was really special to tell the parents I think that that builds your connection with one another Mm -hmm. and and really makes you feel validated that this person knows your child as an individual um and then you all are on the same page in terms of development. So I could tell a parent something very simple that I think is just like, oh, here's this cute little story. And they may say, oh, but does that mean blah, blah, blah. Like it may raise some Mm -hmm. thought Mm -hmm. to them. And then we have this conversation. So um, everyone's on the same page. And I think that that's really, totally, really, really helpful to have that connection with your teacher. Totally. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for me, Labine, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. 
BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot voices. It's so frustrating to spend the money and effort to buy your kids clothes just to have them grow out of the size within a week or have your kids complain that they itch, pinch, or just aren't comfortable. If you're with me on this, you've got to check out Posh Peanut. Their sensitive skin-friendly clothes are made from viscose from bamboo, stretch with your kid as they grow, and they're also made to last. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, super cute clothing for kids and families. It is the softest thing, y'all. The design is all done in-house with different patterns, and it came in the mail, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to wear this for myself every day. Their Lux women's pajamas and robes were all that I wanted to wear postpartum for nursing and hanging out on the couch with Mila. It helps so much that the fabric is breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate against Mila's sensitive skin, too. And I totally get why Posh Peanut is loved by over 1 million parents. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code VILLAGE. Go to poshpeanut.com village and use promo code VILLAGE for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com village, promo code VILLAGE. Um, another thing is like, just in general, how does the center as a whole, what's their approach to like behavior, biting, yes. kicking, hitting? I mean, I've seen centers or, and I've heard stories from families where their kids are sent home if they're right. kicking or hitting. Like those are things you got to know. Right. Um, and are they going to respond to these behaviors in a way that is in alignment with with how you feel? Yeah. Um, so that's something to know because biting is going to happen hitting's gonna happen <laughs> all that jazz um and let me tell you parents your kids might be bitten first but they'll be the biter at some point oh yeah so everybody's the biter at some point <laughs> <laughs> um i would want to know like just this is kind of i don't know i guess like a frou-frou question but like what's the center's mission yeah. right like what are you trying to do here yeah why'd you open the center mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I have worked at centers. Worked at a, we worked at a for-profit center, mm-hmm. and I won't do that again. But I think it was a really good experience for me, yeah. especially to see like the mission there. The yeah. mission was to make money. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, that's true. Versus like, oh, the center I'm at now is obviously not for profit, but we can do research there. This the the purpose of this center is to provide high quality childcare. Yeah specifically social emotional development and that for me as a teacher aligned with my values and i often find that we have families that have the same value system Mm -hmm. there that's something that's important to them um so i'd want to know that yeah i will say i would imagine that not every for-profit center is is that that's the only i mean i know like we're running it and i think like you and i are not like 
oh, this like that's our mission. Right, right. It's not that's ours. true. However, and our teachers, the, and, right? Yeah. yeah, the the staff there. But it is something just to think about, like how far can things go? Like we as a center weren't really open to research when Mm-mm. I think you and I both agree that research has huge benefits totally, and is something that should be welcomed. Right. That's our personal opinion, but, right. um, so that's just something to know. Yeah, for sure. And make sure it's in alignment with you. Yes. Um, trust your gut here. Like, is the place clean? Yeah. Right. Like, one thing that I would caution against is like if I once had a, a parent who was a friend of mine who was going on like tours her schools and she was like, oh, well, the kids were crying. And I was like, well, this is kids do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like uh-huh. I actually would be more concerned if you if they were trying to stop the kids from crying. Mm hmm because they didn't want you to see kids crying. Right. Right? Like, I would rather... You can walk into my classroom, you're going to see kids crying all throughout the day. You're going to see us responding to them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to see me responding to them by just validating their emotion and giving them the space to cry. Right. Um, And so I think, like, just being mindful of that, that, like, you can have happy kids in a happy place and still have crying. (laughs) Yeah, crying's, like, totally normal. (laughs) <laughs> totally and kind of a good thing yeah you know, um yourself. one huge thing that i didn't realize uh until years into this is when do children move to the next classroom mm-hmm. i think a, a lot of centers are well i wouldn't say like that there's a ton of different variation in this but but like if you're moving mid school year right i think there's kind of like two different ways of doing it yeah, right? yeah, for sure. One uh, that you move on the school year, yes. like September to maybe even June. Maybe you move through the summer or whatever. But yeah. you're spending a school year with one classroom, one teaching team. And the other is that you can move at any time throughout the school year. That yes. they're doing open enrollment. And so they're moving kids around yeah. as they see fit. I'd, I'd caution against that. Yeah, Having now worked in um, in a, a center that has done both, like not one center, two different centers that have done both of this, uh, yeah, I think that there's definitely, I mean, I think there's some value to being able to move a child if they're really not placed properly um, or, you know, if they're like really outgrowing a room or something like that. I kind of can understand it from that perspective. However, at the same time, I think there's a ton of value for kids to stay with the same teachers for the Mm -hmm. year, the same classroom for the year, and to just let that classroom evolve and grow as a whole rather than constantly changing the makeup. I mean, I spend my first few months just building attachments with these kids, Right. right? And if a few months in, I'd build an attachment and they'd be in another classroom and like that's so hard for them, right? Like... I am able to do the work with them that I get to do because we spend the beginning of the year building that attachment. Right. And then I just get to I just get to do fun work with them yeah. um, because they trust me, they love me, they know that at the end of the day, they'll tell you, I love you to the moon and back. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them all day long, they know it, and we don't have to cross that bridge again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, But that's something I, I didn't realize until I was really in the field there. Um, all right. 
uh, things to look for. So I worked at a center that doesn't have full walls. <laughs> and whatever, there's not a whole lot of control you can do there. Even now, like I have a cutout window between infant and toddler. Um, noise is a factor. Huge. It's just stimulating. There's already so much stimulation. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. So I guess like paying attention to the noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're going to be loud. You get nine kids in a room, it's going to be loud anyway. But adding additional noise factors. Another classroom's noise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, is an added challenge for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would go on vibe. I'd, I mean, yeah. like, trust your gut there, right? Mm-hmm. If you walk into some place, I had a parent last year who she came and toured our center, and her kid was in a good school, and she pulled them and she put them in our in our school for this new school year. And so I do home visits at the beginning of the year, and I was at the home visit, and she told us a story, and I asked her, I was like, why, why did you, why did you choose to come with us? And she was like, I just walked in and I just felt it in my gut. Yep. And I love that. Yeah. I love that she was just like, you know what? This is it. Yeah. When I was working at the center that we worked together and when I left, um, I had a parent, you know, saying goodbye to them and they said they were saying thank you and all this. And they said, we chose this center because we walked in and we met you and it felt right. Mm. And that was it. And, you know, he said there was other centers that were similar that we liked, whatever, Mm -hmm. but we just felt like this is the right place and that's it. We love it. And they loved it. They were really happy. That's awesome. Yeah, you just got to trust your gut there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are my childcare center questions. Do you have anything else to add? I have a couple of things Please. I would say. Like just about, I mean, we had kind of touched really quickly on um, like noise and that sort of thing. I mean, I think like personally something that's kind of big for me as um, thinking about like the environment and uh, I think it's important that children's artwork is on the walls Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but I also think like uh we need to be cautious about not overstimulating kids Mm -hmm. noise obviously is a problem also just kind of like personally I kind of like muted colors Mm -hmm. a little bit more I think some of this like you said is personal preference but um you know that that sort of thing where letting them letting their art or letting their like expression be the thing that you see the most of totally is really nice um i also would like to touch really briefly on like when you are thinking about a child care center for the preschool age in particular mm-hmm. that we kind of talked about this a little bit in the previous podcast but um just how important it is for the social emotional mm-hmm. to be the focus um, I think, you know, I, I don't even know how many tours I've given in my life, but, um, I would always get parents coming in saying like, well, how do you teach them ABCs? How do you, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do they learn about this? How do they, and I said, you know, I think for us, like once you, what I always tell parents, once you have the social skills and the resources to teach yourself, you can mm-hmm. learn anything. Right. So knowing how to learn is more important than specific concepts. Totally. Or content. Content. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Um, so that I think is something to really think about when you go in is, you know, are, are 
what's the focus? Yeah. And if that's a priority to you, you know, I've definitely given tours to people and I've said this and that doesn't feel like the right thing for them. That's fine. Totally. You definitely just find a place that that's like you said, on the same page as you. Right. But it's something to think about. No, I absolutely agree. Like I I said this in Amanda's podcast too, even about K through six, but, um, my goal for kiddos are kids who can flourish in whatever environment they're going to be yep. in in kindergarten through six, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's going to come their way. We can't prevent trauma from happening to kids. We can't prevent, we can't control their life experience. Right. And what I want is for them to be able to thrive with whatever comes their way. Yes. And if they end up in a kindergarten with 30 kids and one teacher or one teacher and an aide, I want them to know how to thrive there. Yeah. If they end up in a kindergarten with 10 kids, like, cool. I want them to know how to thrive there. Yeah. And so for me, for preschool specifically, you're mm-hmm. so right. Like we had so many of those like academic questions. I yeah. put that in air quotes, academic. Um, but because we they, we want to see like what are they learning, right? right. Like right. <laughs> do they know how to write their name and their numbers, whatever. Can we measure it? And, yeah. Right. Can we measure it? And, and we, we can. We can measure their emotional regulation. We can measure their empathy skills and their ability to be in a social group, their ability to enter a social group. Right. Um, I mean, if if they're sitting in class and somebody tapping their pencil or tapping their foot is going to be so distracting that they can't learn, right. I haven't done my job. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, I need to teach them how to build their toolbox. Right. To be the best learner they can be. Exactly. I always feel like, you know, if, if a problem comes up that you don't know, um, if you don't have that information, if you can ask or you mm. can come up, you know, if you have the ways to problem solve the answer to that question, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to know every single thing, mm-hmm. piece of content, but you need to right. know how to figure it out. Totally. And to not have like shame or yeah. anything like that get in the way, yeah. fear. Yeah. Right. To not just know like, yeah, you can do it. Right. And that that's okay that you don't know. Yes, absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. To just go ask. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Emotional development. I love you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) all right. So home daycare, Mm -hmm. um, what to look for again, I would go on like that feel, trust your gut here. You obviously want a clean home. Yeah. Um, and I would want to know like the ages of the kids. Yeah. How often that changes? Yes. Um, schedule. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Hmm. I mean, like you're gonna get a, I would assume, get a tour of the entire facility. So, seeing where they would nap and how that works and that sort of thing, I think some of those logistics would be good to know. Right, because that'll vary home to home. Yeah a little more like in your face in a childcare center yes definitely yeah i would yeah i guess the logistics of like do you assess these kids what's the communication again with us um what happens if my kid's sick like those logistics because again it's not as regulated as childcare centers where it's like all right fever's this they're going home like right home daycare is a little more flexibility yeah yeah i mean we should say like they're still, they still have to meet certain standards, but it's mm-hmm. like the regulations for childcare centers is 
some of them are pretty crazy. Like, mm-hmm. very, we also very live strict. in mass, which is very, very, very strict. True. True. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they still exist. It's just yeah, yeah. definitely more lax. Or even just like, say the home daycare provider's sick. Yeah. Right. Snow days. Yeah. Right. Like knowing kind of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, how many sick days do they get a mm-hmm. year? Is that a thing? Right. <laughs> are there vacations? What's their calendar? Yeah. Um, drop off, pick up times late, early, all that jazz. Um, yeah, I would want to know that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the safety protocols. Yeah. Right. Like if an emergency comes up with one of the kids. Yeah. What's that protocol? Because you can't just, you don't necessarily have a car to drive everybody. You can't just leave right. them. Like, what's that protocol? Yeah. And then if an emergency comes up for you personally, mm-hmm. what's that protocol? Yeah. Yeah, I guess like knowing those expectations and kind of regular, like their own employee handbook or yeah. like parent handbook, I guess. Yeah. You actually just made me think too, like, I guess this is kind of in general, but... Um, um, in terms of transportation mm. and that sort of thing, like what, you know, will they be transporting the kids somewhere? And if so, how, mm-hmm. um, so I think, I mean, there's definitely, that's pretty important. There's, um, childcare centers are required to do like trainings and that sort of thing on mm. traveling with kids in the car. Most childcare centers like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. They don't just, <laughs> they just don't do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And another thing I was just thinking about with home daycares, uh, with childcare centers, a lot of times, like if anyone's coming into the building, they have to have a quarry oh, or background uh-huh. check done on them. Um, and with childcare centers, I don't know. With home daycares? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Home daycares. I don't know, um, what the difference is. Like if it's people that are working directly with the kids, of course, they also would need to be, um, they would need to be quarried background check. Uh, but with... You know, if it's someone that's just stopping by, like, probably not. Yeah, that's a good I question. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Or does anyone else, like, live... Like, my friend who ran a home yeah. daycare, um, well, she and her wife at the time ran it, and then when they got divorced, her, her ex-wife was still living there. Right. Right? So, like, what's that like? Right. You could have roommates. Yeah. It's your home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, or do you have other kids? Yeah. Do you have I, your own kids? I think a lot of people that... Do yeah. or started out doing home daycares was because they had their own kids. And totally. Like, Bring on a couple more. <laughs> Come on <laughs> over. We're here. Um, yeah. So I think those are just logistical questions I yeah. would want to know. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Nannies. Mm-hmm. Man. I have, I feel like I could run a side business just like picking out nannies yeah. for people. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, you have care.com and places like that. And I think the problem is, like, my friend did a care.com search for a nanny recently, and she got, like, thousands. Yeah. I mean, we're also in Boston again, like, right. whatever. So, but so many, she was like, I don't even know where to start weeding them out, right? Like, filtering through this. Yeah. And so, things that I was like, all right, here's what I would look for off the bat. Mm-hmm. If you have this, like, large pool to work with. And I was like, I would look for a degree in... Psych, age yep. depth, human development, um, er, uh, early childhood, you know, something related to the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look for experience in that age group, 
Yes. Right? Like, I know a bunch of preschool teachers who haven't really held babies. Oh, yeah. And infant teachers who were like, please don't give me a preschooler. Right? So, like, making sure just because you've worked with kids doesn't mean you worked with the kids of this age group. Right. Um, So, they have experience there. Um, I would want references. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times in life, I feel like references are pretty dumb because you're obviously going to put people on your reference Mm -hmm. list that... But I think for nannies to have other families say, like, this person was in my home alone with these kids of mine, and they crushed it. Yeah. Like, that. that's huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's gonna do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com To learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE for 20% off your order. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I also think to that point, like, um, of course you're going to write down people on your reference list that uh, are going to say nice things, <laughs> but you can also get a, a better sense for what their, like, style is mm. by talking to previous families that they've That's worked true. with. So I think that could be helpful in terms of figuring out someone. That's true. Um I would want to know, like, their approach. How do they handle challenging behaviors? Um, what, like, is, it, is there anyone or anything that has influenced their approach to child development or child rearing? Mm-hmm. Like, where did they learn about this? Yeah. They just grew up around a lot of kids? Like, what was, if that's the case? Like, yeah, just, I'd want to know that the way that they're going to respond to your kid aligns with your values. Yeah. Um, 
I I mean, if like crying it out isn't a choice for you, if they're going to throw, put your kid in a, probably probably not throw them, they're going to put your kid in a crib (laughs) and walk away and that's not how you want this to go down. Like those are things I'd want to know ahead of time. Yeah. Paid time off. Mm -hmm. Honestly, from the nanny perspective, like I, I think it's a family's like obligation here to like offer some PTO even if it's like I had think I had two sick days and five vacation days in the year Mm -hmm. which like professionally not a whole lot it's the least amount of paid time off Mm -hmm. I've ever had in a job um but it went a long way yeah also I think like you know if you're going to a child care center or something like that most places don't allow you to not pay if you go on vacation for a week Totally. So I kind of think of it the same way. Yeah. Like you're paying year-round for your child care center, assuming you go to year-round one. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your nanny. Right. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I guess when I nannied, if the family yeah. went on vacation, I was still paid. They still paid. But I got to take five personal days. Like, I went on, essentially, I planned a vacation with mm-hmm. my family, and I got to take a week off. And then I had two sick days to use throughout the year. Right. Um, and then I still got paid for, like, MLKJR day head off like little days like that um throughout the year so I I think that's something to talk about and Mm -hmm. see like what's your nanny's expectation what's your expectation right um pay over the table or under the table again this child care tax credit if you go under the table you don't get it you can't claim it um but your nanny needs to know up front if she's paying taxes or they're paying taxes then they might need to charge more right so, something to know. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the schedule, obviously? Yep. Especially if it's going to be a nanny share. Yeah. I had a nanny share where, like, <laughs> I went to one kid's house in the morning, and I took that kid, drove them to another house. And, like, we spent the day there because kid number two's hours were just fewer. And then we would drive back and round out the day at home. Yeah. Um, are you paying for gas, your right. car seat, like those logistical things? Do you want this person driving your kids? Right. Do they have a clean driving record? Um, you could do background checks for nannies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, plans and protocols for sick, if you especially do a nanny share. Yeah. Uh, if one kid's sick, what are you guys going to work out? Right. It's a deal here. Um, what does sick mean? Yes. Uh, <laughs> how does a payment happen mm-hmm. check are we gonna hit up 2018 with venmo right. um yeah what's that look like what is the parent communication like i said i kept the like journal once a week and sent emails at nap time that's definitely not everyone's style and that's fine right but like so that everyone's on the same page and you're not like oh we never talk about my kid right. um and nanny's like well i didn't know we were supposed to I would look at, like, why are you choosing a nanny? It's something, like, I uh, recently when I was having this conversation with my friend who was filtering through the care.com things, I eventually was just like, why are you choosing a nanny? And she was like, I don't know, I feel like a nanny's the right thing to do. (laughs) And then when we looked at it more, like, the things that she wanted included like socializing with other kids and whatever. And she ended up not going with a nanny. She ended up going to the child care center. But yeah, I guess like really getting down to like 
which one coming back to our first episode on this like which one really makes the most sense for your family for your kid whatever logistics yeah. um and vice versa i mean if it infants in childcare where families didn't want them exposed to germs or whatever like mm-hmm. choose a nanny oh yeah absolutely so yeah i guess like knowing that just that expectation um I would want to know if a nanny, like, had knowledge of developmental milestones. Yeah. Not because I give a hoot if kids are walking at a certain age or have a certain number of words. Again, we know that early identification is key. Mm-hmm. And so if a kid is showing signs of delays, it's on your nanny to catch that. Right. That's um, right. Yeah. So what we don't want, or what's, I guess, harder is if a kid goes to preschool or kindergarten and has had delays or is, is then delayed and it's, it's harder for the kid to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. The sooner you can catch those sorts of things, the better. So, right. So I guess, yeah, I would want to know if, if the nanny knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess lastly, like what happens if parents are sick? Right. Um, I've, I've worked with families where like, Mom and dad were both sick, and I went over and took care of the kid. And, like, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, this nanny call, too, of, like, obviously, like, you're part of the village, right? Like, I was, like, I'm, I'm going to come take care of your kid. You can't take care of your kid right <laughs> now. <laughs> you're vomiting. Um, but then, like, I was, like, well, now I might get your thing. Yep. So that's how that goes. Um. But yeah, I guess knowing that stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like we had talked a little bit about like kind of overtime hours or something like mm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about being late, but um, I know like family that I nanny for, sometimes they'll ask like, oh, we have a late meeting or something. Can you stay until this time? Whatever. So if those are things that might come up in your life, mm-hmm. having that conversation ahead of time before you actually hire this person to say this is a possibility are you open to it totally and then you can decide from there whether you feel like you know if the person's not and you want to go for it but um another thing that we actually haven't talked about with any of these three options but it was like about languages oh yeah yeah. um i know a lot of times like we know that for kids learning a language at like you know starting essentially at birth isn't mm-hmm. really learning it doesn't feel the same way as like when you get older and you have right. to learn a language well the brain does it differently yes yeah right you're learning but it's yeah. um you're always learning anyways so <laughs> but um you can learn two three whatever languages at the same time yes. at a faster rate exactly. than if you have to if, if you're then like adding a language later. Yes. Yeah. Yes, right. exactly. And I think that a lot of parents know that. Right. And so there is some appeal in sending your child somewhere where they'll have that exposure. Totally. And I think a lot of times with nannies, that is very mm. common mm-hmm. that we find bilingual, multilingual nannies. Totally. And so sending someone or having someone um, work with your child that is bilingual or something like that. Right. That's a huge... Is speaking a different language and you speak Part. at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, that's a good point. And it's also something we experience at my child care center. We have, oh my gosh, I don't know how many languages are spoken. Right. And all of us 
teachers, not all of us, a lot of the teachers speak another language. Mm-hmm. Actually, this year in my classroom, so I speak German, and this year in my classroom, I have four German speakers, wow. which is so crazy, That's right? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's great for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also have Hebrew in my classroom, my Russian in my classroom, mm-hmm. and... Um, I'm on a college campus and so I have college students in my classroom as well and that's been awesome because I have college kids who can speak Hebrew or can speak Russian and then these kids get to speak this in school too yeah um yeah it's a good point a good thing to think about mm-hmm. uh if you want you want your kiddo exposed to another language yeah. I mean flip side your kiddo's probably going to say words you don't know. Yes. I was like, you have to be ready for that too. Like, it's a conscious decision to say, like, my child is going to be fluent in a language I don't know. Right. That's a totally. possibility. Right, right, right. So. Um, but so a lot of people don't speak in- infant or toddler, so That's right. it's a whole other language in and of itself. <laughs> I also, I guess maybe we, we also didn't talk on, like, um, gestures or like signing yeah um, and the use of that I feel like it's pretty commonplace in a lot of child care centers now yes um, especially with infant toddler don't know about with nannies and that sort of yeah thing. I don't know either I obviously signed with nannies but okay. or as a nanny with uh-huh. kids um, but yeah I don't know that it's commonplace it's yeah, yeah. Uh, cool yeah things to think about I think this is a good list yeah this this would be my list this, yeah. this is my list <laughs> this is our list yeah yes uh but this is yeah this is i mean we will create a freebie that highlights kind of what to look for in these places um and the questions that you can ask so that you can have them with you if you want to go to a space mm-hmm. hey lace thanks for joining me thanks for having me are you comfortable with people connecting with you on the social media absolutely the world wide web yeah where can people connect with you? Um, well, people can email me if they want. Whoa, That's look at fine. you. I don't care. Nice. <laughs> 1996. <laughs> I have other, other forms of the internet. Um, uh, yeah, do you want me to get my email? Sure. Okay. So, well, uh, you, I can link to it too in the show notes. Okay. If that's easier. Yeah, that's probably easier. Cool. And, and what um, about the, the yeah, social media game? People can find me on what instagram mm-hmm. facebook yeah they both of those but you're both of the, you're on both of those i have both of those yeah um <laughs> what's your instagram handle hmm. you don't know it I don't know. i'm not shocked <laughs> <laughs> i i think it's ac cakes 85 yeah we'll just link to it okay good yeah don't, don't don't you worry sister <laughs> um all right thank you so much for joining me of course this is lovely this was great <laughs> thanks for tuning in to voices of your village check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com if this podcast has helped you on your journey please take two minutes to leave a review on itunes thanks for joining forces with us to cultivate this modern parenting village I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts.